You're listening to the Mental Muscle Podcast. Quick nuggets of wisdom to develop consistency in your happiness, achievement, and quality of life. Your thoughts need surgery and I've got the scalpel. Who am I? Ryan Howard. Life coach, athlete, IO psychologist, and lover of people. Hey, let's do this, y'all. What is up, guys? It is awesome to get to speak to you guys, particularly within the context within we're speaking, because it means that you have tuned in to this episode of the Mental Muscle Podcast, where I want to attack something really dope. This question of, should men pay for the first date? Now, obviously, on one end, this is a rather straightforward question that it seems like a yes or no, and most people tend to have, you know, one of a few typical reasonings behind the answer they give. You know, they see it as something that, oh, I'm old school, you know, or, you know, they say, hey, it should be 50-50, or they they say, hey, you know, it's a case-by-case basis, but ultimately, there's some foundational elements that really kind of create a setting from which we can really look at this and approach it and attack it from a perspective that I promise you, you've never heard before. So I'm really not going to waste any extra time. Let's get right into it, y'all. So the first thing is necessary for us to consider here is that when anyone answers a question, if that person's answer is not imbued with an awareness of the factors influencing that act, that answer, then they are merely giving an opinion. Now, of course, when we're answering this question, you can only give an opinion because there is no overarching answer that can apply to everyone. However, what we can do is we can give an educated, informed opinion based upon a knowing of what is influencing the outcome here. What am I saying when I say yes or no or otherwise? And what does it involve when I'm arriving at an answer? What is the metaphorical vehicle that's bringing me to my destination? It must be some level of awareness. It must be some level of conviction or passion or knowledge about the constituent factors. And so that is my goal here, because we need to understand what are the factors when we say, should men pay for the first date? And essentially, what does that question really mean? Okay, so on the personal level, we know it involves the specific woman in question that is going on the date. And it also involves the specific man in question that is going on the date. Now, mind you, I will be referencing and connecting this to the LGBTQ plus community. This isn't something that only uh, references and involves heterosexual couples. But for the point being, let's just focus on it from this perspective because it makes it easier and, and just clearer, essentially. So yes, we have the two individual people on the personal level, but on the societal level, when we look at this from a larger scale that can apply to everyone, we have the female entity and the male entity, but we also have the societal conditioning that influences the perceived gender roles of both sides. What does it mean for a woman to be in a relationship in the U.S.? Or rather, what does society think it should mean? And what are the subconscious implications? What are the suggestions of how she should behave and what she should do and what she should expect? And the same thing for the man, because we can't just attack 
this without being aware of the fact that there is an entire history of ideology. There is a collective body of thought that surrounds this topic. And we got to start there. We got to go back from the beginning. So when we take this topic back, and I mean back, back, like hundreds, if not thousands of years, we see that humans as a species have a tendency to look towards external systems to solve their internal needs, to meet their internal needs. Or in other words, we look for external answers for our internal problems. And the thing we look at to meet those needs are systems. What are systems? Relationship is a form of system. When you create a bond, when you create this, this deep connection with another human being, you guys now exist in a mutual system. Religion is also a form of system. And that is why there has become, or at least there was for a major period of time, and there still is, even though the connection is evolving. But Religion has been a major, major, major element of humanity for such a long period of time. We all know this. And that's not only because there are so many groups and, and political entities that ultimately wanted to control people or manipulate people or what have you. That's not the reason. That's just an element. That's a byproduct that people capitalized on many of the times. But the reason it has become so major, why it was consistently such an important thing ever since it came on the scene is because these systems present the opportunity to meet our internal needs, the need to feel loved, the need to feel valued, the need to feel connected and aligned with something larger than ourselves, or at least something that extends our perception of self. All of these needs, the need to feel uh, important or feel like we're contributing to something, these psychological needs, we seek outward solutions. And in order to find a consistent solution for that need, we look for it in systems. In the same way as a conveyor belt, we know that we can find the answer internally, or at least most of us do. But if I find an external system, if I find a system like religion, if I find a system like relationship, then I can consistently create the outcome I'm desiring, which is to achieve an inner level of wholeness by the meeting of all of the needs that I referenced earlier. And so essentially, we see that that is happening in relationship. And that is why we ask this question of whether or not men should, should pay for the first date. Because in truth, we're really not just asking that question. What we're really saying is, I want a relationship. Societally, we deem relationships as desirable and important. So in essence, what is the ideal way to handle this particular stage of relationship? What is the thing to do that we can set in stone, that we can make rigid, that we can make predictable so that we can have expectations about what, to, what is to come and we can also have expectations about what is to come after? We're looking for answers. We're looking for consistency. Consistency. And so we want to know how, to, how to, to come to an understanding about all of those questions in this particular stage of relationship, which is the first leg of dating. But I'm going to come right out and say, 
We cannot give one consistent, rigid answer that applies to every scenario of dates. We know damn well that we can't say, oh, yes, men should, or oh, no, they should not, because of the fact that it is a situational thing. Every single situation needs to be addressed in and of itself. And when we don't do that, when we look for a single singular answer, we end up in the same situation that has caused religion to run astray. Because guess what? We end up developing thoughts that become dogmatic. If it, honestly, that question, answering it definitively, is as silly as if someone were to come up to you and say, should every human being on earth uh, be quiet, be calm, or be passive, or not work on the Sabbath day? You would hear that and you'd be like, well, I mean, if that fits you, if that fits your belief, then do it. That's great. God bless you. Or if it doesn't, then no, because ultimately that doesn't align with everyone. That doesn't work for everyone. And in the same vein, it applies this way. So we really have to stop being so dogmatic in religion in the same way that we cannot become dogmatic in relationship. Because even, at, you know something? Esther Perel, who is an absolute genius, she is an expert in the area of relationship, who has been working with thousands of couples for decades. She's done amazing work. She wrote the book Mating in Captivity, and she says that in our current day and time, relationship has replaced the the uh, role of religion in today's society. We now look at relationship to be our God in the sense that we look for relationship to be our savior. The needs that we used to look for to be met in religion, we now look for to be met in relationship. So it's no question that this is something that's huge to everyone. But if we can see that one system, which is relationship, has taken the place of another system that that has really, on one end, done beautiful things, most definitely, but on the other end has really, really gone astray in many different ways. You know, religion has really dropped the ball in numerous different ways. Think about how many villages were pillaged, how many people were killed in the name of, of righteousness, in the name of that particular group's perceived God. We can't make the same mistakes here in relationship. So we have to bring a new way of thinking, which is the way of thinking that is amazingly and thankfully entering into the the space of religion and the space of spirituality nowadays, which is being a free thinker. When we look at religious dogma nowadays, the large, a lot of us, which is a big reason why our generation, you know, the millennials, so many people started pulling away from the churches and the synagogues. It's because we now value free thinking in that space much more than we used to. And so we need to bring that free thinking to relationship. So I know that I've been given a lot of background, but okay, I'm done. I just needed to do my due diligence because if not, there was a lot of women who were going to hear this and were going to be, you know, cocking their shotguns ready to, to hit me up. And so I had to make sure I took care of that, but we good now, y'all. So, okay, enough of that. I'm going to dive straight into the deep end. Here's my rant, y'all. Here we go. I need you to know that as it relates to my own position and my own perspective, 
I myself come from a matriarchal family where there was a deep reverence for the power and position and respect, the due respect to women. I'm a person where I am a self-proclaimed proud mama's boy, where my mother means the world to me and I would do anything and everything for that woman because I kiss the, the ground that she walks on with pride. And on top of that, my mother herself is a licensed marriage and family therapist who did her dissertation on the inner subjective experiences of older, battered and abused women, what it was like for them, how it has influenced their psyche going forward and how it manifested in their own internal perception of identity. So basically, I'm saying that to say when it comes to the reverence of women, when it comes to an acknowledgement that that women deserve the utmost respect and quite frankly, Frankly, they are an entity that is without saying the reason that we have been able to exist for the period of time we have on earth. If it wasn't for them, we couldn't have new humans. So women are dope and God bless y'all. And that's my position on it. But that being said, if we just say yes or no, my question to you is, what's the reason for your answer? And you can't give the explanation of, oh, I'm just old school, or, oh, that's just the way I was raised. No, with all due respect, that's sloppy thinking. And I don't say that judgmentally because we're all guilty of that, but we, we need to stop that because that's not a real explanation. If you think it is, then go to a debate and say that. What does it mean to be old school and why? Why are you old school? Remember, stop with the dogmatic responses. There has to be a reason behind why you say that. If you're old school, why? Is it because because of the fact that you feel like that is a showing that the man gives respect towards the woman, that's great, but give me more. This is a systemic situation. You have to talk about the other factors. If you say, no, uh, men shouldn't always pay the first date, it should be 50-50, then I got to ask you why. Because ultimately, if you're just saying, well, everybody's equal, what the hell does equal mean? Does that mean we that both men and women should be able to deadlift the same amount of weight? What is equality? And so when I look at it from a free thinking perspective, I see it this way. And hear me out on this because I'm going to do my due diligence, all right? There are three primary factors that ultimately influence this huge question that I've been talking about without talking about for the last 10 or whatever minutes. There are three main factors. Number one is expectations. Number two is reciprocity. And number three is the objectification of women. And I'm going to attack each one one by one, but I'm going to expedite this because I know y'all have been listening long, but it's going to be worth it. Trust me. So first off is expectations. What should both the man and the woman, what should either entity expect on the first date? What should they expect to receive? What should they expect from the other? And what should they expect they should be perceived as? All of these expectations are what this is really about. And so if we say, yes, the man should pay for the first date, 
then we gotta stop and ask, what expectation is there that the man should have? Now, obviously, most of the men who really get this screwed up get this really, really screwed up because they have an expectation that is completely out of bounds. And I don't think I need to verbalize what that expectation is. And those dudes shouldn't be dating. They should be seeing a therapist if they have that expectation. All right. But so let's get this straight. If we say, OK, we're old school, right? And we say, okay, I just think that it's a great thing for the man to pay for the first date. I think it's a great thing for him to court the woman, for her to, for him to show her a good time and to show her that he's really caring, he's really interested. That's fine. And hey, I'm a quote unquote old school person. I'm a person that's going to open the door. You know, I'm a person that's going to say yes, ma'am and yo, ma'am and, and yes, ma'am and no, ma'am to my elder females. You know, to the day that I die, I'm very old school in the sense of respect and, and honor and courting. But at the same time, this is talking about all of the expectations that the woman should be able to have towards the man. But my question is, what does the man get to expect in terms of the woman? What is he allowed to look forward to? What is he allowed to, to, to seek or expect as a representation that he is valued, that he is desired, that she is willing to invest in him? Because if there's only a one-sided investment, if there's only a one-sided expectation, then how in the hell is this in the pursuit of a relationship? That pretty much sounds like the woman is a trophy to be won and the man is simply putting in the work to acquire her. Now really stop and think about that. If we're going to abide by that and say, yeah, that's the deal. Have you ever stopped and thought, what is a trophy? A trophy is a commodity and a commodity is synonymous with an object. So by saying that the woman's job is to be there and look pretty, essentially, to be there and look the part, her presence is ultimately what she's offering to the table. Then that's saying that she is this, this object, this, this thing on a pedestal to be desired. And the dude is to put in the work to get it. And I'm well aware that there are women who will come forth and men who will come forth on the behalf of women and say, hey, this isn't about women just being trophies. It's not about them just being objects where all they have to do is come and look pretty and then the man has to put in the work to earn them. No, this is about women having high standards and understanding that they are queens and that they deserve to be treated accordingly. I understand that and you're completely right in the fact that women are queens and most definitely deserve to expect certain things. They deserve to be swept off their feet. They deserve to be treated amazingly by men. I agree 1 billion percent. But we also have to define what standards actually are. Ideas about how the other sex should behave are external standards. Standards about how we ourselves should behave are internal standards. Without having both the internal and the external, that's not actually a true standard, you see. It's merely an expectation. And expectations alone can never facilitate a relationship. That's why this concept of who should pay or should it be split or what have you is not so simple. It's not such a simple answer to arrive to. A woman should definitely expect the great treatment by a man, as I said. I'm a traditional dude. I'm with that. I feel that one million percent. 
But we also got to bring the same energy we expect on both sides or else we're not ready to date. Do you get what I'm saying? We can't have that expectation only on one side without any focus on reciprocity. I'm not saying that the reciprocity needs to be financial as in, you know, both sides need to invest monetarily. That's not the case. If you want to do half and half, great. If if not, fine. It, 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 there are many people who, you know, there are women who feel comfortable paying, you know, and actually would prefer to pay because it gives them a level of, 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 of perceived autonomy. They feel like they're taking over the situation and they get to eliminate any insane or crazy expectations of the man if they take care of it themselves. You know, this isn't about what to do. Like I've said, it's either one is fine. We just have to stop and acknowledge the fact that there needs to be a level of, 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 of mutual reciprocity, that we need to have that same awareness of value and standards on both sides. And even if you were to say, that a woman should have high standards. Again, I agree 1 million percent. But let me say something about a woman with true high standards. A woman with high standards will be equally as aware of how she's expressing her understanding of the man's worth. She won't only be focused on her own validation. Because what that's really saying is, meet my needs to show you are worthy, as opposed to, Let's ensure our contact is a representation of our collective worthiness, or this isn't for me. You get what I'm saying? We can't demand someone to see our worthiness off the bat, but they have to prove theirs. Why can she expect what he has to prove without reciprocity? My hope is that women would be sitting across men at, you know, at dinner tables and on dates who honor them. But... If she chose well, he will be equally as worthy of her acknowledgement and her effort. Thus, she will willingly give it to him in reciprocity. And I know that there will still be people that say that I am not in alignment with or I'm not supporting women on this, that I'm trying to take away from what woman, women should be able to expect when it comes to the quality of their treatment relating to a date and how a man engages them. But what I actually am saying is the polar opposite, that I am actually more so in support and acknowledgement of women than if I were merely to say, yeah, dude should pay for the date. You know why? Because I'm acknowledging the fact that women are so much more than an object. Women are so much more than a, a representation of sexuality. Women are greatness. They each, as we all do as humans, but women uh, possess a unique greatness. And when they show up, yes, they should have an expectation, but I'm saying that a true powerful woman who is aware of her greatness is going to have a standard and that standard comes with an internal standard as well as an external one just like I said before and so when you're truly embodying your greatness you never go anywhere and simply say hey I'm amazing I'm putting my hand out. You give me what I want simply because I'm amazing and approve I'm amazing. No, truly great people are like are like the water that 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 nurtures and, and grows the garden that they can't help it when they when they go somewhere, they touch stuff and it turns to gold. In essence, great people influence the space they're in. They do just as much or even more for the space they're in. 
And it's not just because they're givers. It's because great people always omit their greatness. So I'm saying that women are so great that when you step in that room, you say, yes, I expect you to treat me rightly. I desire for you to sweep me off my feet. I do have expectations as it relates to you, but in accordance with my greatness, I align with reciprocity. I align with the truth that when I am going into a particular space, I will feed, I will offer, I will contribute in accordance with that which I'm receiving. Because I don't move anywhere and simply take. Great people are not drainers, they are contributors, but they're also receivers. You see what I'm saying? Great people come into a room, that's why there is a flow. That's why they are fed and and they, they feed each other, but they are also fed themselves, because that's what greatness does. So I'm simply speaking to that. So what do you do? What's the answer of whether or not Men should pay for the first date. It's an individual thing. You got to stop and ask yourself, what do I expect when I show up to a first date? And in the same vein, what do I expect of myself? How do I want to show up and how do I want that person to meet what I'm embodying? How do I want them to engage me and reciprocate my energy? And whether you decide to make that that reciprocity financial, whether you decide to make it energetic, you know, whether you decide to make it a a, a one-off thing where it's like, okay, one person pays one day and the other one does the next, or you just say, we don't keep score. It doesn't matter, but find what is right for you. Because ultimately, this isn't about the answer. It's about the meat. It's about the authenticity. It's about the truth. It's about the space from which your answer comes. If you optimize the space from which your answer comes, I guarantee you that the answer that comes out will not only be pristine for you and your needs, but it'll be pristine for getting the outcomes that you seek within your life. And by the way, I know that there's people asking, well, Ryan, you never told us what your opinion is. What is it that you prefer? What is it that that you have done or, or do or whatever in that circumstance? For me personally, I enjoy being able to, I enjoy the opportunity of being able to pay for the first date as the man, because for me, you know, it's like, this is what I want to do. This is a way for me to show that that I am, am putting energy forth. I'm putting effort forth. And it's not because I want me paying to to get me anything. It's not that I'm looking for an outcome as a result of that, but it's merely a a byproduct and a representation of the state that I am choosing to be in when I'm engaging in this date. I'm saying here I am and this is what I embody. I am a giver. I am a person that, that values offering of my resources when I feel like I'm investing in a place that is wise and sound, you know? But When it comes to the reciprocity that I desire, for me, reciprocity isn't just an action. Reciprocity is a spirit. It's a state of mind. It's a desire. You know, a person who has reciprocity within them, who has that as a as a value that they prioritize within themselves, you can feel that reciprocity coming out of them. 
And so in essence, that's an energy. You know, for me, I don't need for the other person to take care of the bill. I, I, I want to do that. That's cool. But at the same time, offer it. Hey, I'll pay for the next one. Or, or hey, do you want to go half and half? Or hey, I could take care of it. That, that's really it. That intention is enough for me because it says that this person understands reciprocity. It says that this person understands my contribution and they understand that quite frankly, while if I'm sitting across from, from a woman, that means I do see her as, as a fantastic entity. It means I do see her as a great individual that deserves to be swept off her feet and loved and cared about and all these kind of great things. But on the other end, so the fuck am I? I stuttered because I was like, should I curse? And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. <laughs> so am I. I'm also a quote unquote trophy. I'm also a great being. I am also deserving of, of, of being felt, you know, or, or rather I'm deserving of having my worthiness be understood and conveyed by the other person. I am also a person who, who puts a lot of effort into the way I look and the way I communicate and, and the, the way that I come across and the way that I emote, you know, all of these things. This is intentionality. And so I understand that I don't need to win any woman over. I show up to a date and say, here I am. Do we align or not? Because because if you're looking for me to win you over, guess what? You just lost me because I don't need for you to win me over. I know who I am and I'm very confident in that. And it's not ego. It's not arrogance. It's saying I understand my worth. I understand my value and I understand my values. So I'm looking for someone with which I can engage in reciprocity because I want to give my part of reciprocity. But if you, but if I find out that you're an energy drainer, if I find out that you think you're God's gift to existence, I will lose my taste for you so quickly that I will honestly say, you know what? I should take care of the bill. We should go ahead and go home because there's definitely not going to be any second dates between us. And I mean that, but God bless you. You seem like an amazing person, just not the person meant for me. That's my stance. And to the LGBTQ plus community, I want to say that I understand I've been speaking primarily and well entirely about the interconnections and relationships between heterosexual men and women. But I want to honor you guys fully in the wide array of existential experiences that you may have. And I acknowledge fully that there were are many elements that probably were not referenced during this podcast due to the fact that I was dealing with primarily heterosexual relationships in, in my speech. But what I can say is the meat of what I was saying applies to everyone, that this is really about understanding and, and searching our own standards, our own expectations, our own goals, our own perceptions, and how our conditioning and personal history have influenced the way we move in our lives and how that manifests in our relationships. And so ultimately, while I want to say I want to honor the the uniqueness of people within the LGBTQ plus community and understand that I don't understand everything. What I am saying is that the meat of what I'm saying applies to everyone and I hope you feel that and my genuine desire to be inclusive in this. So in essence, I hope you guys could feel my authenticity, my genuine desire to bring my perspective, but also bring a level of empathy and awareness to the expansive possibilities and other people's perspectives. 
I had no desire to, to challenge anyone. And I also have no desire to give a definitive answer as it relates to what everyone should do, because that would be dogmatic at its very core. And that's not what I'm about. Everybody's got to figure out their own thing. But I would hope that this podcast has not only caused you to view this topic differently and caused you to ask different questions about it, but I hope that it would cause you to respectively ask some different questions about the other things in life that you may have perceived to be, you know, that you may have perceived to have a rigid perspective about, where it's like, oh, this is the way it should be. Really? Stop and ask, because you might find a different answer in that state of free thinking that is incredibly valuable. So I love y'all, and thank you. You've just listened to the Mental Muscle Podcast. Congrats on taking another step to improving your life and manifesting the dreams that are ultimately birthed within you and through you. You are powerful, you are capable, you are worthy, and you are loved. And this podcast is merely a conduit to trying to help you step into that in a very practical and fulfilling way. So please, if you enjoyed this podcast, like, share, and spread the word. But ultimately, stay tuned for the next one because we're going to keep rocking with you. So I hope you keep rocking with us. I love y'all. Mental Muscle Coach out. Peace.